0: First Nephi, chapter 16. This chapter begins with Laman and Lemuel complaining against Nephi, because he made them feel badly, calling them to repentance.
1: (laughs) And now it came to pass that after I, Nephi, had made an end of speaking to my brethren, behold, they said unto me, Thou hast declared unto us hard things, more than we are able to bear. And it came to pass that I said unto them, that I knew that I had spoken hard things against the wicked according to the truth, and the righteous have I justified, and testified that they should be lifted up at the last day. Wherefore the guilty taketh the truth to be hard, for it cutteth them to the very center. And now, my brethren, if ye were righteous, and were willing to hearken to the truth, and give heed unto it, that ye might walk uprightly before God, then ye would not murmur because of the truth, and say, Thou speakest hard things against us.
0: It is interesting the young Nephi continued to lay it on the line to his whimpering brethren.
1: And it came to pass that I, Nephi, did exhort my brethren with all diligence to keep the commandments of the Lord. And it came to pass that they did humble themselves before the Lord, insomuch that I had joy and great hopes of them, that they would walk in the paths of righteousness. Now all these things were said and done, as my father dwelt in a tent in the valley which he called Lemuel.
0: It is almost unbelievable that finally Nephi had the joy of seeing the older brothers humble themselves. It was a wonderful beginning if they could just maintain their humility. Nephi concludes this interlude by confirming that all of these events occurred while they were camped in the valley of Lemuel.
1: And it came to pass that I, Nephi, took one of the daughters of Ishmael to wife, and also my brethren took of the daughters of Ishmael to wife, and also Zoram took the eldest daughter of Ishmael to wife, and thus my father had fulfilled all the commandments of the Lord which had been given unto him. And also I, Nephi, had been blessed of the Lord exceedingly.
0: Nephi starts out by saying he took one of the daughters of Ishmael to wife. But he failed to tell us whether or not this was the girl who stood up for him in the desert and helped save his life when the older men in the party were going to leave Nephi in the desert to be devoured by wild animals. It is also interesting that Lehi had only four sons, but Ishmael had five daughters. This provided one extra who could become the wife of Zoram, the faithful servant of Laban. Now Nephi says he and his father had fulfilled every commandment the Lord had given them thus far.
1: And it came to pass that the voice of the Lord spake unto my father by night, and commanded him that on the morrow he should take his journey into the wilderness. And it came to pass that as my father arose in the morning, and went forth to the tent door, to his great astonishment he beheld upon the ground a round ball of curious workmanship, and it was of fine brass. And within the ball were two spindles, and the one pointed the way whither we should go into the wilderness.
0: Lehi and his little band had been camped in the valley of Lemuel for what appears to have been many months. So it must have come as a surprise when the Lord told Lehi during the night to prepare to break camp the next morning and head out into the wilderness. Of course, Lehi was surrounded on three sides by regions of wilderness. Which way would they go? What a blessing to suddenly have the Lord give them a compass, which would show them the way. It was called the Liahona. It was a miracle compass with one spindle, actually pointing the direction in which they should go. However, we discover that the purpose of the other spindle is quite different. We will learn about that spindle a little later.
1: And it came to pass that we did gather together whatsoever things we should carry into the wilderness, and all the remainder of our provisions which the Lord had given unto us. And we did take seed of every kind that we might carry into the wilderness." And it came to pass that we did take our tents and depart into the wilderness across the river Laman.
0: Notice that they had to cross the river to follow the compass southward. This means they had been camped on the north side of the river. Nephi makes a point of the fact that they brought with them seeds of every kind. These were various grains, vegetable seeds, and fruit seeds they had brought with them from Jerusalem. This little company did not know it but they were launching into a journey of over 2,500 miles that would last eight years. They would ultimately cross the entire Saudi Arabian Desert. Now, in volume one on page 24, there is a map outlining the trek of 2,500 miles across Saudi Arabia, which Lehi and his family followed.
1: And it came to pass that we traveled for the space of four days— nearly a south, southeast direction, and we did pitch our tents again, and we did call the name of the place
0: Shazer. Notice that as they traveled parallel to the Red Sea they did not pitch their heavy Bedouin tents every night, but merely camped out until they came to a good stopping place. After four days they reached a place which they called Shazer, which means trees, trees, So this must have been some kind of an oasis. And it came to pass
1: that we did take our bows and our arrows and go forth into the wilderness to slay food for our families. And after we had slain food for our families, we did return again to our families in the wilderness, to the place of Shazer. And we did go forth again in the wilderness following the same direction, keeping in the most fertile parts of the wilderness, which were in the borders near the Red Sea. And it came to pass that we did travel for the space of many days, slaying food by the way with our bows and our arrows and our stones and our slings. And we did follow the directions of the ball, which led us in the more fertile parts of the wilderness. And after we had traveled for the space of many days, we did pitch our tents for the space of a time, that we might again rest ourselves and obtain food, for our families
0: by this time lehi's company had gone a considerable distance south along the red sea but at one stop a tragedy occurred nephi broke his steel bow we learned later that the wooden bows of his brothers had lost their springs so they were depending upon nephi to keep them from starving very shortly the entire company began to suffer
1: and it came to pass that as i nephi went forth to slay food Behold, I did break my bow, which was made of fine steel. And after I did break my bow, behold, my brethren were angry with me because of the loss of my bow, for we did obtain no food. And it came to pass that we did return without food to our families, and being much fatigued because of their journeying, they did suffer much for the want of food.' And it came to pass that Laman and Lemuel and the sons of Ishmael did begin to murmur exceedingly because of their sufferings and afflictions in the wilderness. And also my father began to murmur against the Lord his God. Yea, and they were all exceeding sorrowful, even that they did murmur against the Lord.
0: One of the most astonishing things about all of this is the fact that they brought along huge bags of seeds. But God had said they would need these in the promised land. Even when they were starving, they did not eat these sacred seeds. But as they ran short of meat, some of the first to complain were Laman and Lemuel, along with the sons of Ishmael. As the circumstances became more desperate, even Father Lehi began to complain. After all, they were trying to obey God's commandments. Why all these afflictions?
1: Now it came to pass that I, Nephi, having been afflicted with my brethren because of the loss of my bow, and their bows having lost their springs, it began to be exceedingly difficult, yea, insomuch that we could obtain no food. And it came to pass that I, Nephi, did speak much unto my brethren, because they had hardened their hearts again, even unto complaining against the Lord their God."
0: It is now that we learn that the wooden bows of the men in the company had all lost their springs. This tells us they had been doing a lot of hunting because experts tell us a strong wooden bow is good for around a 100,000 shots. Nevertheless, as their bows became useless, it was no wonder that they had been depending upon Nephi's steel bow to secure fresh food. But when it was suddenly broken it wasn't long before they were completely out of meat.
1: And it came to pass that I, Nephi, did make out of wood a bow, and out of a straight stick an arrow. Wherefore I did arm myself with a bow and an arrow, with a sling and with stones; and I said unto my father, Whither shall I go to obtain food? And it came to pass that he did inquire of the Lord, for they had humbled themselves because of my word, for I did say many things unto them in the energy of my soul. And it came to pass that the voice of the Lord came unto my father, and he was truly chastened because of his murmuring against the Lord, insomuch that he was brought down into the depths of sorrow.
0: Notice that it was Nephi who took the initiative to discover some kind of wood which had a strong spring but would not break. Scientific naturalists tell us that no bow wood can be found in any of these mountains except in an area not far from the city of Medina. Nephi found the wood, made his bow, and fashioned a straight stick for an arrow. He also fashioned a sling and gathered together small stones. Then he asked his father where he should go to hunt game. Poor Lehi was humbled to the depths. He pleaded with the Lord to forgive him for complaining, and then asked him to reveal where Nephi should go to find game. And it came to
1: pass that the voice of the Lord said unto him, Look upon the ball, and behold the things which are written. And it came to pass that when my father beheld the things which were written upon the ball, he did fear and tremble exceedingly and also my brethren, and the sons of Ishmael, and our wives. And it came to pass that I, Nephi, beheld the pointers which were in the ball, that they did work according to the faith, and diligence, and heed, which we did give unto them. And there was also written upon them a new writing, which was plain to be read, which did give us understanding concerning the ways of the Lord." And it was written and changed from time to time, according to the faith and diligence which we gave unto it. And thus we see that by small means the Lord can bring about great things. And it came to pass that I, Nephi, did go forth up into the top of the mountain, according to the directions which were given upon the ball.
0: Now we find that the second pointer on the Liahona compass suddenly had writing on it. It just miraculously appeared, and apparently was not a comforting message, but a fierce scolding. It caused great fear and trembling in the company. It also told Nephi where to go and hunt for meat. And it came to pass that I
1: did slay wild beasts, insomuch that I did obtain food for our families. And it came to pass that I did return to our tents, bearing the beasts which I had slain. And now, when they beheld that I had obtained food, how great was their joy! And it came to pass that they did humble themselves before the Lord, and did give
0: thanks unto him. Apparently Nephi went alone to find food, and he was successful. Once the company had satisfied their hunger, it says they were filled with joy and humbled themselves. (laughs) We human beings are frail creatures.
1: And it came to pass that we did again take our journey, traveling nearly the same course as in the beginning. And after we had traveled for the space of many days, we did pitch our tents again, that we might tarry for the space of a time.
0: It is obvious that by this time the company had traveled a long distance. We later learned they had reached the vicinity of the 19th parallel, which means they had traveled over a thousand miles. No wonder they decided to tarry for a space of time in this place.
1: And it came to pass that Ishmael died and was buried in the place which was called Nahum and it came to pass that the daughters of Ishmael did mourn exceedingly because of the loss of their father, and because of their afflictions in the wilderness, and they did murmur against my father because he had brought them out of the land of Jerusalem, saying, Our father is dead, yea, and we have wandered much in the wilderness, and we have suffered much affliction, hunger, thirst, and fatigue, And after all these sufferings we must perish in the wilderness with hunger, and thus they did murmur against my father, and also against me, and they were desirous to return
0: again to Jerusalem. Obviously now everything had changed, but Lehi and Nephi would never have guessed that their lives were suddenly in danger.
1: And Laman said unto Lemuel, and also unto the sons of Ishmael, Behold, let us slay our father, and also our brother Nephi, who has taken it upon him to be our ruler and our teacher, who are his elder brethren. Now he says that the Lord has talked with him, and also that angels have ministered unto him. But behold, we know that he lies unto us, and he tells us these things, and he worketh many things by his cunning arts, that he may deceive our eyes, thinking perhaps that he may lead us away into some strange wilderness. And after he has led us away, he has thought to make himself a king and a ruler over us, that he may do with us according to his will and pleasure. And after this manner did my brother Laman stir up their
0: hearts to anger. Only a miracle could have saved Lehi and Nephi, and the Lord provided it.
1: And it came to pass, that the Lord was with us, yea, even the voice of the Lord came, and did speak many words unto them, and did chasten them exceedingly. And after they were chastened by the voice of the Lord, they did turn away their anger, and did repent of their sins, insomuch that the Lord did bless us again with food, that we did not perish.
0: Apparently this whole company suffered a blistering rebuke, And Nephi later described it as a voice of thunder. It not only deeply humbled the rebels, but from this verse we learn they had been suffering from hunger once again. But when they bowed before the Lord, they obtained food once more. 1 Nephi chapter 17 It must have been an impressive and ominous experience for the complaining women and men who were planning to murder Lehi, and Nephi, to suddenly hear the voice of God, split the silence of the heavens and commence rebuking them. It was no minor chastisement. The Lord poured down on their heads a flood of many words, and it says he did chastise them exceedingly. Nevertheless, after they had buried Father Ishmael and obtained a new supply of food, the pointers on the Liahona shifted ninety degrees and sent them away from the Red Sea and directly into the desert. Amazingly, Nephi described this cruel and dangerous trip across Saudi Arabia in four verses.
1: And it came to pass that we did again take our journey in the wilderness, and we did travel nearly eastward from that time forth, and we did travel and wade through much affliction in the wilderness, and our women did bear children in the wilderness. And so great were the blessings of the Lord upon us, that while we did live upon raw meat in the wilderness, our women did give plenty of suck for their children, and were strong, yea, even like unto the men.
0: And they began to bear their journeyings without murmurings. Nephi says that during this part of the excursion they suffered much affliction, Nevertheless, their wives had children and seemed to be able to nurse their babies, even though they had a diet of raw meat. In fact, their women were strong like men. Among the children who are later mentioned in the text, we find sons born to Lehi. One was named Jacob, another was named Joseph. He also had daughters that Nephi later mentions. We also learn that all the married couples had children during this trek.
1: And thus we see that the commandments of God must be fulfilled. And if it so be that the children of men keep the commandments of God, he doth nourish them and strengthen them and provide means whereby they can accomplish the thing which he has commanded them. Wherefore, he did provide means for us while we did sojourn in the wilderness, and we did sojourn for the space of many years, yea, even eight years in the wilderness.
0: Nephi pays high tribute to the Lord for blessing them during this journey, and he points out that the commandments of God, no matter how difficult, must be fulfilled. He closes his story of the trek by saying they'd been eight years in the wilderness, since we know from 1 Nephi 10 and 7 that they left Jerusalem in 600 B.C., We now know that they had arrived at the end of their wilderness trek in 592 B.C. And we did come
1: to the land which we called Bountiful, because of its much fruit and also wild honey. And all these things were prepared of the Lord, that we might not perish. And we beheld the sea, which we called Eriantum, which being interpreted is many waters. And it came to pass that we did pitch our tents by the seashore, and notwithstanding we had suffered many afflictions and much difficulty, yea, even so much that we cannot write them all. We were exceedingly rejoiced when we came to the seashore, and we called the place bountiful because of its much fruit.
0: This company had suddenly come upon a tropical garden of Eden, a region which precisely fits the description by Nephi, is known by a modern name of Kara Q-A-R-A. But Lehi's colony called it Bountiful because of the abundance of fruit, honey, and tropical plants. And this paradise was right by the great sea, called Iriantum, meaning many waters.
1: And it came to pass that after I, Nephi, had been in the land of Bountiful for the space of many days, the voice of the Lord came unto me, saying, arise, and get thee into the mountain. And it came to pass that I arose, and went up into the mountain, and cried unto the Lord. And it came to pass that the Lord spake unto me, saying, Thou shalt construct a ship after the manner which I shall show thee, that I may carry thy people across these waters.
0: Nephi did not get to enjoy the luxury of this life on the beach very long. He was told to go into the high mountains nearby. Imagine his surprise to be shown a vision of a ship which he was told to construct. It was not like any ship he had ever seen. But the Lord said it was necessary to carry their entire congregation across the great waters to the promised land. One would have expected Nephi to say that the task was impossible because he had no tools, but that isn't what he said. He said he had no ore. It turns out that Lehi's family were metallurgists, and if they had ore, they could make tools. And I said,
1: Lord, whither shall I go that I may find ore to molten, that I may make tools to construct the ship after the manner which thou hast shown unto me? And it came to pass that the Lord told me whither I should go to find ore, that I might make tools.
0: It is interesting that Nephi didn't even have to prospect for the ore. The Lord showed him right where to find it.
1: And it came to pass that I, Nephi, did make a bellows wherewith to blow the fire of the skin of beasts. And after I had made a bellows, that I might have wherewith to blow the fire, I did smite two stones together... That I might make fire.
0: Talk about going back to the Stone Age. To make bellows, Nephi sewed the skins of animals into bellows. Then he struck two stones together until he got the sparks needed to start a fire. But to make tools, he needed a very special kind of fire. Nephi later described how he taught his people to smelt iron, copper, brass, steel, and gold. But consider the kind of heat needed to smelt some of these ores. It would take 1,083 degrees centigrade to melt copper. To melt iron would require 1,532 degrees of heat. And even further combustion would be required to reduce the carbon content of iron so that it would make good steel.
1: For the Lord had not hitherto suffered that we should make much fire, as we journeyed in the wilderness. For he said... I will make thy food become sweet, that ye cook it not. And I will also be your light in the wilderness, and I will prepare the way before you, if it so be that ye shall keep my commandments. Wherefore, inasmuch as ye shall keep my commandments, ye shall be led towards the promised land, and ye shall know that it is by me that ye are led. Yea, and the Lord said also that, After ye have arrived in the promised land, ye shall know that I, the Lord, am God, and that I, the Lord, did deliver you from destruction, yea, that I did bring you out of the land of Jerusalem. Wherefore I, Nephi, did strive to keep the commandments of the Lord, and I did exhort my brethren to faithfulness and diligence. And it came to pass that I did make tools of the ore which I did molten out of the rock,
0: Nephi feels he needs to explain why they didn't have hardly any fires during their trek through the wilderness. Modern research has revealed that during this period it was very dangerous to make fires because of the bands of desert raiders who made a living seizing the property of any travelers passing that way. The Lord therefore promised Lehi and his company to eat their food raw, even their meat, which he made sweet for them. But while Nephi says they obeyed the commandments concerning fires in the desert, he was now able to make intensely hot fires and fashion the tools he needed to build a ship.
1: And when my brethren saw that I was about to build a ship, they began to murmur against me, saying, Our brother is a fool, for he thinketh that he can build a ship. Yea, and he also
0: thinketh that he can cross these great waters." But when Nephi brought the tools to his brethren and asked them to help him build a ship, there was virtual mutiny.
1: And thus my brethren did complain against me and were desirous that they might not labor, for they did not believe that I could build a ship. Neither would they believe that I was instructed of the Lord. And now it came to pass that I, Nephi, was exceeding sorrowful because of the hardness of their hearts. And now when they saw that I began to be sorrowful They were glad in their hearts, insomuch that they did rejoice over me, saying, We knew that ye could not construct a ship, for we knew that ye were lacking in judgment. Wherefore thou canst not accomplish so great a work, and thou art like unto our Father, led away by the foolish imaginations of his heart. Yea, he hath led us out of the land of Jerusalem, and we have wandered in the wilderness for these many years. And our women have toiled, being big with child. And they have borne children in the wilderness, and suffered all things, save it were death. And it would have been better that they had died before they came out of Jerusalem, than to have suffered these afflictions. Behold, these many years we have suffered in the wilderness, which time we might have enjoyed our possessions and the land of our inheritance. Yea, and we might have been happy, And we know that the people who were in the land of Jerusalem were a righteous people. For they kept the statutes and judgments of the Lord, and all his commandments according to the law of Moses. Wherefore we know that they are a righteous people, and our Father hath judged them, and hath led us away, because we would hearken unto his words. Yea, and our brother is like unto him. And after this manner of language did my brethren murmur and complain against us.
0: With a defiant rebellion on his hands, Nephi knew he had to use the strongest powers of persuasion to get these lazy beachcomber brothers to help him.
1: And it came to pass that I, Nephi, spake unto them, saying, Do ye believe that our fathers, who were the children of Israel, would have been led away out of the hands of the Egyptians if they had not hearkened unto the words of the Lord? Yea, do ye suppose that they would have been led out of bondage if the Lord had not commanded Moses that he should lead them out of bondage? Now ye know that the children of Israel were in bondage, and ye know that they were laden with tasks which were grievous to be borne. Wherefore ye know that it must needs be a good thing for them that they should be brought out of bondage.
0: Nephi now laid upon his brothers his strongest argument, how Moses was given a commandment from God. Now ye know that
1: Moses was commanded of the Lord to do that great work, and ye know that by his word the waters of the Red Sea were divided hither and thither, and they passed through on dry ground. But ye know that the Egyptians were drowned in the Red Sea, who were the armies of Pharaoh. And ye also know that they were fed with manna in the wilderness.
0: Furthermore, Nephi pointed out that God's commandments were accompanied by mighty miracles. Yea,
1: and ye also know that Moses, by his word according to the power of God which was in him, smote the rock, and there came forth water, that the children of Israel might quench their thirst and notwithstanding they being led, the Lord their God, their Redeemer, going before them, leading them by day, and giving light unto them by night, and doing all things for them which were expedient for man to receive, they hardened their hearts and blinded their minds, and reviled against Moses, and against the true and living God. And it came to pass that according to his word he did destroy them, and according to his word he did lead them, and according to his word he did do all things for them, and there was not anything done, save it were by his word. And after they had crossed the river Jordan, he did make them mighty unto the driving out of
0: the children of the land, yea, unto the scattering them to destruction. Now Nephi wanted to deal with the claim of his brothers that the people of Jerusalem were righteous, and their father Lehi had misjudged them. He identified Jerusalem with the people that the Israelites had to conquer. And now do
1: ye suppose that the children of this land, who were in the land of promise, who were driven out by our fathers, do ye suppose that they were righteous? Behold, I say unto you, Nay. Do ye suppose that our fathers would have been more choice than they if they had been righteous? I say unto you, nay, behold, the Lord esteemeth all flesh in one. He that is righteous is favored of God. But behold, this people had rejected every word of God, and they were ripe in iniquity, and the fulness of the wrath of God was upon them. And the Lord did curse the land against them, and bless it unto our fathers, yea, He did curse it against them unto their destruction, and he did bless it unto our fathers, unto their obtaining power over it.
0: Now Nephi wants to remind the brothers that the earth belongs to God, and he is entitled to give it to the righteous and take it from the wicked. Behold,
1: the Lord hath created the earth that it should be inhabited, and he hath created his children that they should possess it. And he raiseth up a righteous nation, and destroyeth the nations of the wicked. And he leadeth away the righteous into precious lands, and the wicked he destroyeth, and curseth the land unto them for their sakes. He ruleth high in the heavens, for it is his throne, and this earth is his footstool, and he loveth those who will have him to be their God. Behold, he loved our fathers, and he covenanted with them, yea, even Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he remembered the covenants which he had made. Wherefore he did bring them out of the land of Egypt. And he did straighten them in the wilderness with his rod, for they hardened their hearts, even as ye have. And the Lord straightened them because of their iniquity. He sent fiery flying serpents among them. And after they were bitten, he prepared a way that they might be healed. And the labor which they had to perform was to look. And because of the simpleness of the way,
0: or the easiness of it, there were many who perished. Nephi now gets around to the people of Jerusalem who are descendants of those who rebelled against Moses.
1: And they did harden their hearts from time to time, and they did revile against Moses and also against God. Nevertheless ye know that they were led forth by his matchless power into the land of promise. And now after all these things, the time has come that they have become wicked, yea, nearly unto ripeness. And I know not, but they are at this day about to be destroyed. For I know that the day must surely come, that they must be destroyed, save a few only, who shall be led away into captivity.
0: And Nephi is stirred up to righteous indignation against his brothers.
1: Wherefore the Lord commanded my father that he should depart into the wilderness. And the Jews also sought to take away his life. Yea, and ye also have sought to take away his life. Wherefore ye are murderers in your hearts and ye are like unto them. Ye are swift to do iniquity, but slow to remember the Lord your God. Ye have seen an angel, and he spake unto you. Yea, ye have heard his voice from time to time, and he hath spoken unto you in a still small voice, but ye were past feeling, that ye could not feel his words. Wherefore he hath spoken unto you like unto the voice of thunder which did cause the earth to shake, as if it were to divide asunder. And ye also know that by the power of his almighty word he can cause the earth, that it shall pass away. Yea, and ye know that by his word he can cause the rough places to be made smooth, and smooth places shall be broken up. O then, why is it that ye can be so hard in your heart? Behold, my soul is rent with anguish because of you, and my heart is pained. I fear lest ye shall be cast off for ever. Behold, I am full of the Spirit of God, insomuch that my frame has no strength.
0: At this point the wrath of the rebels boiled over into a murderous hatred.
1: And now it came to pass that when I had spoken these words, they were angry with me, and were desirous to throw me into the depths of the sea. And as they came forth to lay their hands upon me, I spake unto them, saying, In the name of the Almighty God, I command you that ye touch me not, for I am filled with the power of God, even unto the consuming of my flesh, and whoso shall lay his hands upon me shall wither, even as a dried reed. And he shall be as naught before the power of God, for God shall smite him.
0: Nephi not only told them not to touch him, but he forbade them to resist his commandments any further, and refused to help him build the ship.
1: And it came to pass that I, Nephi, said unto them that they should murmur no more against their father neither should they withhold their labor from me. For God had commanded me that I should build a ship. And I said unto them, If God had commanded me to do all things, I could do them. If he should command me that I should say unto this water, Be thou earth, it should be earth. And if I should say it, it would be done. And now if the Lord has such great power, and has wrought so many miracles among the children of men. How is it that he cannot instruct me that I should build a ship? And it came to pass that I, Nephi, said many things unto my brethren, insomuch that they were confounded and could not contend against me. Neither durst they lay their hands upon me, nor touch me with their fingers, even for the space of many days. Now they durst not do this, lest they should wither before me, so powerful was the Spirit of God. And thus it had wrought upon them.
0: However, the Lord did not want these rebels to think Nephi was bluffing. He wanted these brothers to know that the power of God was in Nephi.
1: And it came to pass that the Lord said unto me, Stretch forth thine hand again unto thy brethren, and they shall not wither before thee, but I will shock them, saith the Lord. And this will I do, that they may know that I am the Lord their God. And it came to pass that I stretched forth my hand unto my brethren, and they did not wither before me, but the Lord did shake them, even according to the word which he had spoken.
0: I can almost imagine the brothers saying to Nephi, we'll take your word for it. But Nephi insisted that he touch them. And, of course, when he touched Laman, the zap was very visible. I can imagine Lemuel then saying, I I understand. You don't have to touch me. (laughs) But Nephi said, no, I have to touch it. So he got zapped, and Samuel got it so he'd have a testimony of it also. And the interesting part about it is that they now very anxiously went forward and helped build the ship.
1: And now they said, We know of a surety that the Lord is with thee, for we know that it is the power of the Lord that has shaken us, and they fell down before me, and were about to worship me. But I would not suffer them, saying, I am thy brother, yea, even thy younger brother. Wherefore, worship the Lord thy God, and honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long in the land which the Lord thy God shall give thee.
0: First Nephi chapter 18. By this time Nephi is probably around 25 years of age and living in a world of miracles. At one moment his brothers want to murder him and after God has given them such a spiritual shock they want to worship him.
1: And it came to pass that they did worship the Lord and did go forth with me. And we did work timbers of curious workmanship, and the Lord did show me from time to time after what manner I should work the timbers of the ship. Now I, Nephi, did not work the timbers after the manner which was learned by men, neither did I build the ship after the manner of men, but I did build it after the manner which the Lord had shown unto me wherefore it was not after the manner of men.
0: When they agreed to help Nephi build the Lord's ship of special design, the young prophet lived in a climate of revelation so he could guide his brothers and accomplish this tremendous spiritual project.
1: And I, Nephi, did go into the mount oft, and I did pray oft unto the Lord. Wherefore the Lord showed unto me great things, And it came to pass that after I had finished the ship according to the word of the Lord, my brethren beheld that it was good, and that the workmanship thereof was exceeding fine.
0: Wherefore they did humble themselves again before the Lord. So the work was finally completed, and no one was more surprised and pleased with the new ship than the brothers the very brothers who had plotted to murder Nephi four different times.
1: And it came to pass that the voice of the Lord came unto my father, that we should arise and go down into the ship. And it came to pass that on the morrow, after we had prepared all things, much fruits and meat from the wilderness, and honey in abundance, and provisions according to that which the Lord had commanded us, we did go down into the ship with all our loading and our seeds, and whatsoever thing we had brought with us, every one according to his age. Wherefore we did all go down into the ship, with our wives and our children.
0: We can only estimate the number of passengers who finally boarded the ship. It is estimated to have been somewhere between thirty and fifty men, women, and children. Nephi only specifically mentions the two sons who were born to Lehi during the wilderness trek, but he mentions that all of them had fairly good-sized families.
1: And now my father had begat two sons in the wilderness. The elder was called Jacob, and the younger Joseph. And it came to pass, after we had all gone down into the ship, and had taken with us our provisions and things which had been commanded us, we did put forth into the sea, and were driven forth before the wind towards the promised land.
0: This could have been a pleasant, peaceful journey, but the spirit of the rebels developed into rowdy, crude celebration. And
1: after we had been driven forth before the wind for the space of many days, behold, my brethren and the sons of Ishmael and also their wives began to make themselves merry, insomuch that they began to dance, and to sing, and to speak with much rudeness. Yea, even that they did forget by what power they had been brought thither. Yea, they were lifted up unto exceeding rudeness. And I, Nephi, began to fear exceedingly, lest the Lord should be angry with us, and smite us because of our iniquity, that we should be swallowed up in the depths of the sea." Wherefore I, Nephi, began to speak to them with much soberness, but behold, they were angry with me, saying, We will not that our younger brother shall be a ruler over us.
0: This boisterous, arrogant spirit among the rebels almost caused a catastrophe.
1: And it came to pass that Laman and Lemuel did take me and bind me with cords, and they did treat me with much harshness, Nevertheless the Lord did suffer it, that he might show forth his power unto the fulfilling of his word which he had spoken concerning the wicked. And it came to pass that after they had bound me insomuch that I could not move, the compass which had been prepared of the Lord did cease to work. Wherefore they knew not whither they should steer the ship, insomuch that there arose a great storm, yea, a great and terrible tempest and we were driven back upon the waters for the space of three days. And they began to be frightened exceedingly, lest they should be drowned in the sea. Nevertheless, they did not loose me. And on the fourth day, which we had been driven back, the tempest began to be exceeding sore, and it came to pass that we were about to be swallowed up in the depths of the sea. And after we had been driven back upon the waters for the space of four days— my brethren began to see that the judgments of God were upon them, and that they must perish, save that they should repent of their iniquities. Wherefore they came unto me and loosed the bands which were upon my wrist, and behold, they had swollen exceedingly, and also mine ankles were much swollen, and great was the
0: soreness thereof. But in spite of this abuse, Nephi refused to complain to the Lord.
1: Nevertheless, I did look unto my God, and I did praise Him all the day long. And I did not murmur against the Lord because of mine afflictions.
0: Nevertheless, the conduct of the rebels was creating havoc among the passengers on the ship. Now my
1: father Lehi had said many things unto them, and also unto the sons of Ishmael. But behold, they did breathe out much threatenings against any one that should speak for me and my parents being stricken in years, and having suffered much grief because of their children, they were brought down, yea, even upon their sick beds. Because of their grief and much sorrow, and the iniquity of my brethren, they were brought near even to be carried out of this time to meet their God. Yea, their gray hairs were about to be brought down to lie low in the dust." Yea, even they were near to be cast with sorrow into a watery grave. And Jacob and Joseph also, being young, having need of much nourishment, were grieved because of the afflictions of their mother. And also my wife with her tears and prayers, and also my children, did not soften the hearts of my brethren that they would loose me, and there was nothing save it were the power of God which threatened them with destruction, could soften their hearts. Wherefore, when they saw that they were about to be swallowed up in the depths of the sea, they repented of the thing which they had done, insomuch that they loosed me.
0: This finally gave Nephi an opportunity to get things back under control.
1: And it came to pass, after they had loosed me, behold, I took the compass, and it did work whither I desired it. And it came to pass that I prayed unto the Lord, and after I had prayed, the winds did cease, and the storm did cease, and there was a great calm. And it came to pass that I, Nephi, did guide the ship, that we sailed again towards the promised land.
0: Finally, in a single verse, Nephi gets this company across the Pacific Ocean and safely landed on the shores of Western America.
1: And it came to pass that after we had sailed for the space of many days, we did arrive at the promised land, and we went forth upon the land, and did pitch our tents,
0: and we did call it the promised land. Notice how casual and almost indifferent Nephi was in referring to this fantastic journey. Of course, he mentions that the mutiny of Laman and Lemuel caused the Lord to send a hurricane and drive their boat backwards for four days, but after Nephi was released and allowed to get the ship back on the course, indicated by the Liahona, the trip seems to have proceeded without incident. But even so, there was nothing casual about this adventure. This was one of the greatest expeditions in human history. Since Lehi somehow had to transport his colony to this promised land, it could require upwards of 15,000 miles of ocean navigation. Nephi says this journey took them many days, but if our Heavenly Father had surprised Lehi with a jumbo jet and the necessary support services, Lehi could have placed the entire colony in comfortable seats and arrived in the promised land in about ten hours but a jumbo jet would have to come some 2,500 years later. The Lord had to give Nephi a whole series of revelations to show him how to build a boat that would make this extensive journey. Although the exact route of the Lehi voyage is not given, an examination of the available options leads us to at least one practical possibility that we might consider— a friend of the author, Joe Ferguson, who is an airline captain, estimated that if Lehigh's colony traveled southward through the Arabian Sea until it picked up the west wind drift, which is a current flowing east and passing just below Australia New Zealand, they would eventually reach the tip of South America. There the current divides. A major part of it flows up along the west side of South America to a point where the early leaders of the church felt that Lehi and his colony made their first landing. It is estimated that on such a voyage they would have to cruise about 14,904 statute miles, and if the vessel made an average speed of five knots per hour, it would require 108 days for them to reach the promised land. The principal advantage of this route is that it would not encounter any continental landmass areas and practically no islands. In fact, it could be a rather tedious trip. This seems to be the feelings of Nephi when he dismisses the entire achievement with a single verse of Scripture. When Ferdinand Magellan crossed just the Pacific Ocean segment of this journey in 1521 A.D., We read that he sailed over ninety-eight days without seeing any land except two uninhabited islands. He said the food gave out and their water supply became contaminated. They ate rats, ox hides, and sawdust to keep from starving. Most of the crew suffered from scurvy, a disease caused by lack of fresh fruit and vegetables. Nineteen died before they reached the island of Guam. Of course, the Lord told Nephi how to prepare for their journey to the promised land, which was a much longer trip. It will be recalled that Nephi wrote, We had prepared all things, much fruit and meat from the wilderness, and honey in abundance, and provisions according to that which the Lord had commanded us. Undoubtedly, the Lord's provisions included several tons of fresh water, appropriately preserved in sealed vessels, and packed securely in the hull, where, with all the other provisions, it would serve as a ballast to study the craft as it moved safely on its way. Finally Nephi comes to the grand finale of the whole expedition when he says,
1: And it came to pass that after we had sailed for the space of many days, we did arrive at the promised land, and we went forth upon the land, and did pitch
0: our tents, and we did call it the Promised Land. It was the understanding the early leaders of the church that Lehi's company reached the Promised Land at about 30 degrees south, which would be near the modern city of Coquimbo, Chile. This information was recorded by Joseph Smith's assistant, Frederick G. Williams, on the back of Section 7 of the Doctrine and Covenants. And has been preserved in the church historian's office.
1: And it came to pass that we did begin to till the earth, and we began to plant seeds. Yea, we did put all our seeds into the earth, which we had brought from the land of Jerusalem. And it came to pass that they did grow exceedingly, wherefore we were blessed in abundance. And it came to pass that we did find upon the land of promise, as we journeyed in the wilderness, that there were beasts in the forests of every kind, both the cow and the ox, and the ass and the horse, and the goat and the wild goat, and all manner of wild animals, which were for the use of men. And we did find all manner of ore, both of
0: gold, and of silver, and of copper. 1st Nephi chapter 19 Shortly after Lehi's colony arrived in America, Nephi was commanded to make metal plates on which their history could be written in Reformed Egyptian.
1: And it came to pass that the Lord commanded me, wherefore I did make plates of ore, that I might engraven upon them the record of my people. And upon the plates which I made, I did engraven the record of my father, and also our journeyings in the wilderness, and the prophecies of my father and also many of mine own prophecies have I engraven upon them.
0: When Nephi made the first set of plates, he did not know the Lord would ask him to make a second set, which is the one we are now reading.
1: And I knew not at the time when I made them that I should be commanded of the Lord to make these plates. Wherefore the record of my father and the genealogy of his fathers, and the more part of all our proceedings in the wilderness are engraven upon those plates of which I have spoken. Wherefore the things which transpired before I made these plates are of a truth more particularly made mention upon the first plates. And after I had made these plates by way of commandment, I, Nephi, received a commandment that the ministry and the prophecies, the more plain and precious parts of them, should be written upon these plates." and that the things which were written should be kept for the instruction of my people who should possess the land, and also for other wise purposes, which purposes are known unto the Lord.
0: Since both sets of plates are called the plates of Nephi, we will refer to the first plates as the large plates of Nephi, and the second set which we are now reading as the small plates of Nephi we observe that the large plates included many secular or historical details, whereas the small plates are devoted primarily to God's revelations and the things of the ministry.
1: Wherefore I, Nephi, did make a record upon the other plates, which gives an account or which gives a greater account of the wars and contentions and destructions of my people. And this have I done and commanded my people what they should do after I was gone, and that these plates should be handed down from one generation to another, or from one prophet to another, until further commandments of the Lord. And an account of my making these plates shall be given hereafter. And then, behold, I proceed according to that which I have spoken. And this I do, that the more sacred things may be kept for the knowledge of my people.
0: Notice that Nephi distinguishes between the plates by saying that the first set will include the wars and political matters, whereas the plates we are now reading will include the more sacred things.
1: Nevertheless, I do not write anything upon plates, save it be that I think it be sacred. Now if I do err, even did they err of old. Not that I would excuse myself because of other men, but because of the weakness which is in me according to the flesh, I would excuse myself.
0: Nephi is sensitive to the fact that he might include some matters in this second set of the more sacred records, which some people would not classify as sacred things.
1: For the things which some men esteem to be of great worth, both to the body and soul... Others set at naught, and trample under their feet. Yea, even the very God of Israel do men trample under their feet. I say trample under their feet, but I would speak in other words, they set him at naught, and hearken not to the voice of his counsels. And behold, he cometh, according to the words of the angel, in six hundred years from the time my father left Jerusalem.' And the world, because of their iniquity, shall judge him to be a thing of naught. Wherefore they scourge him, and he suffereth it, and they smite him, and he suffereth it. Yea, they spit upon him, and he suffereth it, because of his loving kindness, and his long-suffering towards the children of men.
0: Already Nephi wants to focus on the Lord of the Old Testament, who will come in the flesh 600 years later as the messiah we note that nephi has a clear understanding of the suffering which the god of the old testament that is jehovah or jesus christ will suffer when he comes among his own people in the meridian of time
1: and the god of our fathers who were led out of egypt out of bondage and also were preserved in the wilderness by him yea the god of abraham and of isaac and the god of jacob yieldeth himself, according to the words of the angel, as a man, into the hands of wicked men, to be lifted up, according to the words of Zenic, and to be crucified, according to the words of Naum, and to be buried in a sepulcher, according to the words of Zenus, which he spake concerning the three days of darkness, which should be a sign given of his death unto those who should inhabit the isles of the sea more especially given unto those who are of the house of Israel.
0: When the Book of Mormon first came forth in 1830, the entire Christian world was looking upon the God of the Old Testament as a different person than the God of the New Testament. Nevertheless, here is Nephi writing between 580 and 570 B.C., clearly teaching that the angel told him the God of the Old Testament was the same as Jesus Christ of the New Testament, In other words, Jesus is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This harmonizes with the teachings of Eusebius, the first Christian historian, who plainly taught that Jesus in the Spirit was the Jehovah that appeared to the ancient prophets. Notice that in this verse, Nephi names four early prophets who knew all about the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Of course, the first coming of Christ was considered a myth by the Jews, And therefore they took all of these scriptures out of the Jewish Bible. However, Nephi had in his possession the plates of Laban, where the writings of all four of these prophets were recorded. It will be recalled that the plates of Laban were primarily the scriptures of the tribe of Joseph who was sold into Egypt.
1: For thus spake the prophet, The Lord God surely shall visit all the house of Israel at that day some with his voice because of their righteousness unto their great joy and salvation and others with the thunderings and the lightnings of his power by tempest by fire and by smoke and vapor of darkness and by the opening of the earth and by mountains which shall be carried up and all these things must surely come saith the prophet Zenus, and the rocks of the earth must rend And because of the groanings of the earth, many of the kings of the isles of the sea shall be wrought upon by the Spirit of God to exclaim, The God of nature suffers.
0: In these two verses, Nephi says that some of the house of Israel will welcome Jesus when he comes in the flesh, but others will be so wicked they will reject him, and the earth itself will churn in convulsions when Jesus is crucified. We later learn that this is what happened in America when Jesus was crucified. And as for
1: those who are at Jerusalem, saith the prophet, they shall be scourged by all people because they crucify the God of Israel and turn their hearts aside, rejecting signs and wonders and the power and glory of the God of Israel. And because they turn their hearts aside, saith the prophet, and have despised the Holy One of Israel, they shall wander in the flesh and perish, and become a hiss and a byword, and be hated among all nations.
0: In these verses, Nephi describes what he saw happening to the Jews after they consented to the crucifixion of Jesus in Jerusalem.
1: Nevertheless, When that day cometh, saith the prophet, that they no more turn aside their hearts against the Holy One of Israel, then will he remember the covenants which he made to their fathers. Yea, then will he remember the isles of the sea. Yea, and all the people who are of the house of Israel will I gather in, saith the Lord, according to the words of the prophet Zenus, from the four quarters of the earth. Yea, and all the earth, shall see the salvation of the lord saith the prophet every nation kindred tongue and people shall be blessed
0: and in these verses nephi is recalling what he saw in the latter days when jesus would be accepted by the house of israel and they would be gathered in from all over the earth
1: and i nephi have written these things unto my people that perhaps i might persuade them that they would remember the Lord their Redeemer. Wherefore I speak unto all the house of Israel, if it so be that they should obtain these things. For behold, I have workings in the Spirit, which doth weary me, even that all my joints are weak, for those who are at Jerusalem. For had not the Lord been merciful to show unto me concerning them even as he had prophets of old, I should have perished also.
0: Nephi is so anxious to share his testimony with the Jews in the house of Israel, because if God had not stirred up his mind and that of his father with a whole series of revelations, he would have been killed when Jerusalem was destroyed by the Babylonians in 587 B.C.
1: And he surely did show unto the prophets of old, all things concerning them. And also he did show unto many concerning us. Wherefore it must needs be that we know concerning them, for they are written upon the plates of brass. Now it came to pass that I, Nephi, did teach my brethren these things. And it came to pass that I did read many things to them, which were engraven upon the plates of brass, that they might know concerning the doings of the Lord in other lands, among people of old.
0: Nephi had the mantle of a prophet on him. He not only knew about God's plans down through the centuries, but he labored mightily to share his knowledge with his people.
1: And I did read many things unto them which were written in the book of Moses, but that I might more fully persuade them to believe in the Lord their Redeemer. I did read unto them that which was written by the prophet Isaiah, for I did liken all scriptures unto us, that it might be for our profit and learning. Wherefore I spake unto them, saying, Hear ye the words of the prophet, ye who are a remnant of the house of Israel, a branch who have been broken off. Hear ye the words of the prophet, which were written unto all the house of Israel, and liken them unto yourselves, that ye may have hope, as well as your brethren from whom ye have been broken off, for after this manner has the prophet written,
0: How many of us would have sat patiently and listened to Nephi as he expounded all of these ancient scriptures to his people? First Nephi chapter 20 At this point Nephi wanted to help the members of this colony, and especially his older brothers, appreciate God's great plan in bringing Lehi's family to America. Nephi therefore decided to read to them two great chapters from Isaiah. These might be called two magnificent watershed chapters of Isaiah. Chapter 48 describes the scattering of Israel to the four corners of the earth, and the 49th chapter describes the gathering of all of Israel back to their homelands in modern times. Nephi has seen a vision of both of these great monumental events in history, and as the older brothers, as well as the rest of the colony, listened intently to these two chapters of Scripture, it is likely that Nephi made comments as he went along to hold their interest, and we will do the same. As Wendell Noble narrates this twentieth chapter of 1 Nephi, we will add comments from time to time to help clarify some of these rather obscure passages the first verse says
1: hearken and hear this o house of jacob who are called by the name of israel and are come forth out of the waters of judah or out of the waters of baptism who swear by the name of the lord and make mention of the god of israel yet they swear not in truth nor in
0: righteousness As Joseph Smith was translating this verse, the Spirit whispered to him that the waters of Judah actually meant the waters of baptism. This clarification now appears in the Book of Mormon version of this chapter. It is interesting that Joseph Smith made changes or modifications in 234 of the 433 verses of Isaiah which are quoted directly from the plates of Laban in the Book of Mormon. We should mention that baptism among the Jews was once a very sacred initiatory ordinance and not merely an ablution ritual. In the days of Abraham, baptism was being neglected. This is mentioned in the inspired version of Genesis chapter 17 verse 5. The Lord therefore instigated the ordinance of circumcision of male children who were to be circumcised on the eighth day to remind their parents that their children were to be baptized in their eighth year. In this passage of the inspired version, the Lord says children become accountable unto him and should be baptized at the age of eight. Now the Jewish ordinance of baptism is described in Hastings' Dictionary of the Bible as follows. Each candidate is taken to a pool in which he or she is stood up to the neck in water, while the great commandments of the law were recited. The candidate promises to keep these commandments, and then a benediction was pronounced. Finally, the candidate was then plunged beneath the water, making certain that the individual was completely submerged. Notice that this verse says the Israelites entered the waters of baptism but not in truth or righteousness. In other words, they were becoming a nation of apostates. Nevertheless, they call
1: themselves of the holy city, but they do not stay themselves upon the God of Israel, who is the Lord of hosts. Yea, the Lord of hosts is his name.
0: Isaiah points out that the tribes of Israel, including the Jews, take pride in identifying themselves with the holy city of Jerusalem. However, the Book of Mormon version then goes on to say, but they do not stay themselves upon the God of Israel, who is the Lord of hosts. Notice that the absence of the word not in the King James translation almost makes the verse meaningless, but the Book of Mormon corrects this error. Behold,
1: I have declared the former things from the beginning and they went forth out of my mouth and I showed them. I did show them suddenly.
0: The Lord says in this verse that the Israelites have no excuse for not recognizing the integrity of the messages which the Lord has been giving the people from the earliest times. The Lord has revealed with unerring accuracy those things which were going to come to pass long before the events transpired.
1: And I did it because I knew that thou art obstinate, and thy neck is an iron sinew and thy brow brass.
0: The Lord says he went out of his way to deliberately do this because the children of Israel have been such a strong-willed and obstinate people. Their necks have been so stiff and arrogant that sometimes it reminded the Lord of an iron sinew. It has been so hard to get some things through their thick heads that the Lord refers to them as having brows of brass.
1: And I have even from the beginning declared to thee, Before it came to pass I showed them thee, and I showed them for fear lest thou shouldst say, Mine idol hath done them, and my graven image. And my molten image hath commanded them."
0: The Lord points out that those who have turned to idolatry are so anxious to attribute divine powers to their images and uh, idols that they will use the slightest coincidence as proof that their gods of gold or wood have provided them signs portending some great future event. That is why it has been necessary for the Lord to persuade his stubborn children of his own divine integrity by predicting events hundreds or even thousands of years before they happened. It has to be something spectacular, such as naming Cyrus a hundred years before he was born, or these foolish idolaters will attribute the great event to the command of one of their graven idols or molten images.
1: Thou hast seen and heard all this, and will ye not declare them, and that I have showed thee new things from this time, even hidden things, and thou didst not know them.
0: The Lord longs to have his chosen people recognize what he is trying to do for them. He wants them to bear testimony that he has always told them what to expect. He has revealed new things and hidden things which not even the wisest among them could have anticipated.
1: They are created now and not from the beginning. Even before the day when thou heardest them not, they were declared unto thee, lest thou shouldst say, Behold, I knew them.
0: The Lord asks these stubborn Israelites to look about them and see what has happened. Things being created now are the very things which he said would happen, their events and circumstances which no one among them could have guessed.
1: Yea, and thou heardest not, yea, thou knewest not, yea, from that time thine ear was not opened. For I knew that thou wouldst deal very treacherously, and wast called a transgressor from the womb,
0: The Lord wants the people to confess that they did not know these things in advance. They had no way of speculating that such events could possibly transpire in the amazing and marvelous way that they did. The Lord then adds a note that reflects the frustrations and sorrows of a loving Heavenly Father who must resort to such measures in order to get His children to believe in Him and accept Him as their God and Creator. The Lord says that in spite of his love for his children, he knew that during the second estate, many of them would deal very treacherously with him and be counted transgressors with rebellious hearts from the day they were born. Now we come to three verses where the Lord exclaims why he has endured his so-called chosen people in spite of their rebellion and apostasy.
1: Nevertheless, for my name's sake will I defer mine anger, And for my praise will I refrain from thee, that I cut thee not off. For behold, I have refined thee, I have chosen thee in the furnace of affliction. For mine own sake, yea, for mine own sake will I do this, for I will not suffer my name to be polluted, and I will not give my glory unto another.
0: Now we come to the Lord's clarion call to his people.
1: Hearken unto me, O Jacob, and Israel my called, for I am he. I am the first, and I am also the last.
0: He pleads with them to rally around their Lord and Savior. Mine hand hath also laid the foundation
1: of the earth, and my right hand hath spanned the heavens. I call unto them, and they stand up together.
0: In this verse the Lord reminds his rebellious people who he really is. He laid the foundations of both the heavens and the earth. He organized the myriads of intelligences with vast qualities of primal matter to come together according to certain patterns and designs. When he spoke to them and commanded them, they literally stood up in their places according to his word and became the marvels of the cosmic universe that we now see all around us.
1: All ye, assemble yourselves, and hear. Who among them hath declared these things unto them? The Lord hath loved him, yea, and he will fulfill his word which he hath declared by them, and he will do his pleasure on Babylon, and his arms shall come upon
0: the Chaldeans. Now Isaiah discontinues quoting the Lord and tells the people to assemble themselves together. He asks, Who is it that has been declaring all these things to them? The answer, of course, is Isaiah himself, who has been proclaiming these great prophecies to the people. Isaiah wants the people to know that the Lord hath loved him. And then there is a phrase which is not in the Bible, but is in the Book of Mormon version, and it says, And he will fulfill his word which he has declared by them, that is, by the prophecies that Isaiah has pronounced. Also
1: saith the Lord, I the Lord, yea, I have spoken, yea, I have called him to declare, I have brought him, and he shall make his way prosperous.
0: Isaiah now quotes the Lord as having endorsed his work. The Lord has said that he called Isaiah to perform his great mission, then the Book of Mormon version also has the words to declare the things which Isaiah had been teaching them. Now Isaiah speaks directly to the people and bears his testimony. Come
1: ye near unto me. I have not spoken in secret. From the beginning, from the time that it was declared, have I spoken. And the Lord God
0: and his Spirit hath sent me, Isaiah wants the people to know that the person who dispatched him on this mission was none other than the Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel.
1: And thus saith the Lord, thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I have sent him, the Lord thy God, who teacheth thee to profit, who leadeth thee by the way thou shouldst go,
0: hath done it. The Lord's lamentation concerning Israel is that they have not been obedient to his commandments. If they had been obedient, they would have enjoyed tremendous blessings, and it would not have been necessary to scatter them all over the face of the earth.
1: Oh, that thou hadst hearkened to my commandment! Then had thy peace been as a river, and thy righteousness as the waves of the sea. Thy seed also had been as the sand, The offspring of thy bowels like the gravel thereof. His name should not have been cut off nor destroyed from before
0: me. Now the Lord anticipates the rescue of the Jews from their Babylonian captors in 538 B.C. The Lord tells them to go forth out of Babylon and declare to all the world that the Lord has redeemed his servant Jacob.
1: Go ye forth of Babylon flee ye from the Chaldeans. With a voice of singing declare ye, tell this, utter to the end of the earth, say ye, the Lord hath redeemed his servant Jacob. And they thirsted not, he led them through the deserts. He caused the waters to flow out of the
0: rock for them. He clave the rock also, and the waters gushed out. It is important for Israel to remember that the Lord is mighty to save. He has continually blessed Israel, and saved them from their oppressors. He led them out of Egypt, and brought them out of the great desert. And they did not die of thirst, because he brought water, gushing out of bare rock on two separate occasions. And notwithstanding, he hath done all this,
1: and greater also, there is no peace, saith the Lord, unto the
0: wicked. The Book of Mormon gives the original text for this verse as follows. And notwithstanding he hath done all this, and greater also, there is no peace, saith the Lord, unto the wicked. Even when the Lord saves his people and showers blessings upon them, those who rebel and revel in wickedness will not have peace, happiness, or self-fulfillment, even in the midst of such blessings. The Lord has declared it, and the experience of life bitterly confirms it. there is no peace, saith the Lord, unto the wicked." Unquote. First Nephi chapter 21 In the previous chapter, Nephi read the writings of Isaiah, which explain why the Israelites were driven from the promised land and scattered across the whole earth. Now Nephi reads Isaiah chapter 49, which describes how the Israelites will be reclaimed by the Lord in the latter days, and gathered from the four corners of the earth as well as the outmost regions of heaven, as indicated by Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 4. And again, hearken,
1: O ye house of Israel, all ye that are broken off and are driven out because of the wickedness of the pastors of my people, Yea, all ye that are broken off, that are scattered abroad, who are of my people, O house of Israel, listen, O isles, unto me, and hearken ye people from far. The Lord hath called me from the womb, from the bowels of my mother hath he made mention of my name.
0: About half of this verse is missing from the Bible. Here is the way it appears in the Book of Mormon as Nephi copied it from the plates of Laban. It says, quote, And again, hearken, O ye house of Israel, all ye that are broken off and are driven out because of the wickedness of the pastors of my people. Yea, all ye that are broken off, that are scattered abroad, who are of my people, O house of Israel. Listen, O isles, unto me, and hearken, ye people from far. The Lord hath called me from the womb. From the bowels of my mother hath he made mention of my name. In making this great proclamation to all the children of Israel as God's prophet, Isaiah wants to establish his own credentials before delivering the details of his great message. He wants the people to know that he was called from the time of his birth to be a prophet and a messenger to Israel. Apparently, though the details are not related, isaiah was prophetically known by name before he was born the same thing happened to jeremiah the great prophet whose mission followed that of isaiah he says the lord disclosed to him that he was called to be a prophet before he was born and that will be found in jeremiah chapter 1 verses 4 and 5
1: and he hath made my mouth like a sharp sword in the shadow of his hand hath he hid me and made me a polished shaft. In his quiver hath he hid me, and said unto me, Thou art my servant, O Israel, in whom I will be glorified.
0: Isaiah was a highly educated citizen of Jerusalem. He wrote the entire book of Isaiah in poetic form. He also had an unusual gift of eloquence, and spoke with great clarity, which all of the people who heard him understood, according to Second Nephi chapter twenty five and five. Isaiah knew that he had a power of expression which was like a sharp sword, and he called this a gift given to him from God. As a further credential, Isaiah relates that the Lord said to him, "Thou art my servant, O Israel, in whom I shall be glorified." Note that the word Israel is a title as well as a name. It means soldiers of God. And it was as though God were saying in this particular proclamation, Quote, Thou art my servant, O soldier of God, in whom I will be glorified. Unquote.
1: Then I said, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for naught and in vain. Surely my judgment is with the Lord, and my work with my God.
0: In verse 3, the Lord had told Isaiah that through his mission the Lord would be glorified. But Isaiah says that he told the Lord that so far his labor had been in vain. He had labored with great diligence, but the people were not converted. Neither were they giving him a respectful hearing. In verse 5 and 6 of chapter 50, Isaiah describes how he has been beaten with sticks his beard has been pulled, and his face has been spat upon. He says it is as though he has spent his strength for naught, and his work has been in vain. Nevertheless, he says he will set his face like flint, and perform the mission which God has given him.
1: And now saith the Lord, that formed me from the womb, that I should be his servant, to bring Jacob again to him. Though Israel be not gathered, Yet shall I be glorious in the eyes of the Lord, and my God shall be my strength.
0: In this verse the prophet Isaiah states that the Lord has revealed something to him which has provided a great comfort and encouragement in spite of the persecution he has suffered. He says the Lord has told him that even though Israel will not repent and gather together in righteousness during Isaiah's day, yet the time will come when the words of isaiah will be completely vindicated and he will be glorious in the eyes of the lord in the next verse the lord describes how this will come about and he said
1: it is a light thing that thou shouldst be my servant to raise up the tribes of jacob and to restore the preserved of israel i will also give thee for a light to the gentiles that thou mayest be my salvation unto the ends of the earth.
0: In response to Isaiah's complaint that his labor has been in vain, the Lord assures him that his words are designed for the Israelites of a later day. His burden is light and his assignment enjoyable when it is realized. That his words will serve as a clarion call to gather the twelve tribes of Jacob in the latter days, and will also serve as a light to the great Gentile nations.
1: Thus saith the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel, his Holy One, to him whom man despiseth, to him whom the nation abhorreth, to servant of rulers Kings shall see and arise, princes also shall worship. Because of the Lord that is faithful. Thus saith the Lord In an acceptable time have I heard thee, O isles of the sea, and in a day of salvation have I helped thee, and I will preserve thee, and give thee my servant for a covenant of the people, to establish the earth, to cause to inherit the desolate heritages.
0: The Book of Mormon gives a more perfect rendition of this verse as follows quote, Thus saith the Lord, In an acceptable time have I heard thee, O isles of the sea, and in a day of salvation have I helped thee. And I will preserve thee and give thee my servant for a covenant of the people to establish the earth, to cause to inherit the desolate heritages. In the context of this chapter, the Lord seems to be saying that Isaiah, my servant, Will comfort the scattered Israelites in the latter days, for his writings contain God's covenant or promises that they will be gathered into the lands of their original inheritance.
1: That thou mayest say to the prisoners, Go forth, to them that sit in darkness, Show yourselves. They shall feed in the ways, and their pastures shall be in all high places. They shall not hunger nor thirst. Neither shall the heat nor the sun smite them. For he that hath mercy on them shall lead them. Even by the springs of water shall he guide them.
0: In the writings of Isaiah, the latter day children of Israel are told that it is their calling to escape from the captivity of the Gentiles and go forth to their designated places of inheritance. The Lord is going to intervene for them to make all of this possible and
1: I will make all my mountains away, and my highways shall be exalted.
0: This verse is talking about something far more exciting than these simple words would seem to imply. The details of how the children of Israel will use the mountains for their thoroughfare and have a mighty highway exalted or lifted up for them are described by the Lord in a modern revelation as follows. And they who are in the north country shall come in remembrance before the Lord. And they shall smite the rocks, and the ice shall flow down at their presence. And an highway shall be cast up in the midst of the great deep. And they shall bring forth their rich treasures unto the children of Ephraim. And there they shall fall down and be crowned with glory, even in Zion by the hands of the servants of the Lord even the children of Ephraim. And that's a quotation from the Doctrine and Covenants, section 133, verses 26 to 27, and verses 30 and 32. This is describing the return of the lost ten tribes of Israel. They will come out of the north on a mighty highway, which will be raised up in the deep, so that they can come with their multitudes and their treasures to receive their endowments from the Ephraimite saints in America. Jeremiah says the raising up of this highway in the midst of the great deep will be so spectacular that people will no longer talk about the miracle of dividing the Red Sea for Israel because it will be insignificant compared to the latter-day highway raised up in the great deep. And we find reference to this in Jeremiah chapter 16, verses 14 and 15.
1: And then, O house of Israel, behold, these shall come from far and lo, these from the north and from the west, and these from the land of Sinem. Sing, O heavens, and be joyful, O earth, for the feet of those who are in the east shall be established, and break forth into singing, O mountains, for they shall be smitten no more, for the Lord hath comforted his people, and will have mercy upon his afflicted.
0: When these great events occur, the Lord says the whole earth will begin to break forth in singing, because the Lord will comfort his people and bring mercy to them at the time that they are gathered together. But a more complete version of this verse is given in the Book of Mormon as follows, Sing, O heavens, and be joyful, O earth, for the feet of those who are in the east shall be established, and break forth into singing. O mountains, for they shall be smitten no more, for the Lord hath comforted his people and will have mercy upon his afflicted. Those who are established in the east are probably the children of Judah at Jerusalem, while those who will be rescued from affliction in the mountains are probably the Lord's people on the western hemisphere. This is borne out by the next verse.
1: But behold, Zion hath said, THE LORD HATH FORSAKEN ME, AND MY LORD HATH FORGOTTEN ME, BUT HE WILL SHOW THAT HE HATH NOT.
0: There will be a time when the people of God will think the Lord has forsaken them, but the full text in the Book of Mormon is as follows. Behold, Zion hath said, The Lord hath forsaken me, and my Lord hath forgotten me, but he will show that he hath not. Notice that the Lord here is referring to the people of Zion, thinking that they were forsaken. When the prophets distinguish Zion from Jerusalem itself, which they often do, they're talking about North and South America. Joseph Smith said, Quote, The whole of America is Zion from the north to the south and is described by the prophets who declare that it is in Zion where the mountain of the Lord shall be, and that it should be in the center of the land. This is in the teachings of Joseph Smith, page 362. For can a woman forget her sucking
1: child, that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yea, they may forget, yet will I not forget thee, O house of Israel. Behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands, Thy walls are continually before me.
0: The Lord says he will never forget his people because they are graven or inscribed upon the palms of his hands. Thy children
1: shall make haste against thy destroyers, and they that made thee waste shall go forth of thee.
0: There is a mistake in this verse, and it is corrected in the Book of Mormon version. It says, Thy children shall make haste against the destroyers, against the destroyers. Did you pick that up? And they that made thee waste shall go forth from thee. The Lord wants the Israelites of the latter days to know that in spite of their persecutions, they will prevail. He said that their children or their youth should hasten forth to stand against the destroyers of Zion, because those who spread waste and destruction across the land will be forced to retreat and leave God's people alone.
1: Lift up thine eyes round about, and behold, all these gather themselves together, and they shall come to thee. And as I live, saith the Lord, thou shalt surely clothe thee with them all, as with an ornament, and bind them on, even as a bride.
0: Then a great multitude will come in upon the land, This probably refers to the coming of the ten tribes from the north. Suddenly, as it were, those who were persecuted as a minority will become an overwhelming majority. These newcomers will bring great honor and prestige to the afflicted saints.
1: For thy waste and thy desolate places and the land of thy destruction shall even now be too narrow by reason of the inhabitants, and they that swallowed thee up shall be far away.
0: These multitudes of returning Israelites will be so numerous that they will occupy many cities which have been destroyed, and also the desolated places.
1: The children whom thou shalt have, after thou hast lost the first, shall again in thine ears say, The place is too straight for me, give place to me that I may
0: dwell. These vast numbers of newcomers will fill up the desolated places. Then they will need even more room as they continue pouring down from the north. They will ask the Israelites who are already dwelling in America to help them find a place to live.
1: Then shalt thou say in thine heart, Who hath begotten me these, seeing I have lost my children and am desolate, a captive, and removing to and fro? And who hath brought up these? Behold, I was left alone
0: these, where have they been? The members of the church who will be so few compared to the rest of the earth will be astonished when their numbers are multiplied enormously.
1: Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I will lift up mine hand to the Gentiles, and set up my standard to the people, and they shall bring thy sons in their arms, and thy daughters shall be carried upon their shoulders.
0: Now Isaiah commences a whole new theme. He is going to explain how the Lord intends to commence his work in preparation for the coming millennium. Amazingly, the work is going to begin with the Gentiles. It will be among them that a mighty standard will be raised up to which the Israelites from all over the world can rally. And kings
1: shall be thy nursing fathers, and their queens thy nursing mothers. They shall bow down to thee with their face towards the earth, and lick up the dust of thy feet. And thou shalt know that I am the Lord, for they shall not
0: be ashamed
1: that wait for me.
0: It will be an amazing situation. The Israelites of the latter days, who will have been spurned, persecuted, deprived of their rights, and locked up in ghettos, will suddenly be elevated to a position where kings and queens will seek to nourish them and support them. Royal families will bow before them and honor them.
1: For shall the prey be taken from the mighty, or the lawful
0: captives delivered? But before this prediction becomes a reality, it will seem impossible to fulfill. For centuries, the Jews, Native American Indians, Polynesians, and other remnants of Israel will have been suppressed and virtually serving as captives of the Gentiles. Under these adverse circumstances, they will read the prophecy in Isaiah and exclaim, How shall the prey be taken from the mighty Gentiles, or the lawful captives delivered?
1: But thus saith the Lord, even the captives of the mighty shall be taken away and the prey of the terrible shall be delivered. For I will contend with him that contendeth with thee, and I will save thy children.
0: The Lord says it will come to pass just as he has promised. The humble captives of Israelite descent, who have been trodden down for many centuries by their Gentile overlords, will be delivered from their power. They will become a great and delightsome people. And they who contend against them will find that the Lord is intervening in their behalf in many remarkable ways to save the children of Israel. Nephi comments on these passages and says that the standard which will be raised up among the Gentiles will be the restoration of the gospel and the renewal of God's covenant with all those who repent and join God's kingdom.
1: And I will feed them that oppress thee with their own flesh. They shall be drunken with their own blood as with sweet wine. And all flesh shall know that I, the Lord, am thy Savior and thy Redeemer, the Mighty One of Jacob.
0: The Scriptures indicate that the wicked Gentiles who will not respond to the Gospel message will seek to overthrow the Lord's headquarters on the American continent and will be especially determined to suppress the work of the restored Gospel. At some point in time, the threat is going to be so ominous that it will be terrifying to contemplate. But the Lord promises in verse 26 that an astonishing thing will occur. Instead of annihilating the free nations on the Western Hemisphere, the wicked Gentiles will begin a great fratricidal war among themselves. They will slaughter one another until they become drunken with their own blood. When it is all over, the whole world will know that the Lord has intervened on behalf of his people to save them in their hour of peril. Now a concluding thought. Having examined the tremendous promises contained in this chapter, it is obvious why Nephi would select it along with chapter 48 to use as a frame of reference in discussing the great events of the latter days. His commentary on these two chapters will be found in 1 Nephi chapter 21 and 22. It is interesting to note that while Nephi was unfolding the meaning of these two chapters, he became anxious lest he might be revealing too much. He therefore concluded his commentary with this statement, quote, And now I, Nephi, make an end, for I durst not speak further as yet concerning these things, unquote. It will be recalled that the Lord had warned him earlier that he was not to record everything which he was shown. 1 Nephi chapter 22 Now Nephi is ready to take these chapters of Isaiah and embellish them with the vital details from his own revelations. He glories in Isaiah because he and his father understand Isaiah. They even know the parts Isaiah left out. And now it came to pass
1: that after I, Nephi, had read these things which were engraven upon the plates of brass, my brethren came unto me and said unto me, What meaneth these things which ye have read? Behold, are they to be understood according to things which are spiritual, which shall come to pass according to the spirit and not the flesh?
0: One may have supposed that the elder brothers of Nephi might not have had the interest or patience to hear these two chapters of Isaiah, but they apparently not only listened, but wondered if Isaiah was talking about earthly prophetic events or just speaking of things spiritual.
1: And I, Nephi, said unto them, Behold, they were manifest unto the prophet by the voice of the Spirit. For by the Spirit are all things made known unto the prophets, which shall come upon the children of men according to the flesh. Wherefore the things of which I have read are things pertaining to things both temporal and spiritual. For it appears that the house of Israel, sooner or later, will be scattered upon all the face of the earth, and also among all
0: nations. Nephi wants his brethren to know the prophecies of the Spirit, but the scattering of Israel all over the earth will become a solid, tangible, historical reality.
1: And behold, there are many who are already lost from the knowledge of those who are at Jerusalem. Yea, the more part of all the tribes have been led away, and they are scattered to and fro upon the isles of the sea. And whither they are, none of us knoweth, save that we know that they have been led away.
0: Nephi had already seen in vision that most of the tribes of Israel were already scattered across the face of the earth, and the rest of Israel had no idea where they were. And since they have been led away,
1: these things have been prophesied concerning them, and also concerning all those who shall hereafter be scattered and be confounded because of the Holy One of Israel for against him will they harden their hearts. Wherefore they shall be scattered among all nations, and shall be hated of all men. Nevertheless, after they shall be nursed by the Gentiles, and the Lord has lifted up his hand upon the Gentiles, and set them up for a standard, and their children have been carried in their arms, and their daughters have been carried upon their shoulders, Behold, these things of which are spoken are temporal, for thus are the covenants of the Lord with our fathers, and it meaneth us in the days to come, and also all our brethren who are of the house of Israel.
0: Nephi knew there would be a further scattering, particularly of the Jews, when they rejected the Savior after he came in the flesh.
1: And it meaneth that the time cometh that after all the house of Israel have been scattered and confounded, that the Lord God will raise up a mighty nation among the Gentiles, yea, even upon the face of this land, and by them shall our seed be scattered. And after our seed is scattered, the Lord God will proceed to do a marvelous work among the Gentiles, which shall be of great worth unto our seed. Wherefore, it is likened unto their being nourished by the Gentiles, and being carried in their arms and upon their shoulders. And it shall also be of worth unto the Gentiles, and not only unto the Gentiles, but unto all the house of Israel, unto the making known of the covenants of the Father of heaven unto Abraham, saying, In thy seed shall all the kindreds of the earth be blessed.
0: Nephi had seen in vision his own descendants, and those of his brethren would be ravaged and driven by the Gentiles in America, but that one group of the Gentiles would be raised up into a mighty nation, and that among those Gentiles of that special group the gospel would be restored. And I would, my brethren, that ye should know that all
1: the kindreds of the earth cannot be blessed unless he shall make bare his arm in the eyes of the nations. Wherefore, the Lord God will proceed to make bare his arm in the eyes of all the nations, in bringing about his covenants and his gospel unto those who are of the house of Israel. Wherefore, he will bring them again out of captivity, and they shall be gathered together to the lands of their inheritance, and they shall be brought out of obscurity and out of darkness, and they shall know that the Lord is their Savior and their Redeemer, the Mighty One of Israel.
0: To bless the nations of the earth there must be direct revelations from heaven. God must make bare his holy arm and restore his eternal covenants with Israel. At the same time the children of Israel must come out of captivity and out of obscurity
1: and the blood of that great and abominable church which is the whore of all the earth shall turn upon their own heads, for they shall war among themselves. And the sword of their own hands shall fall upon their own heads, and they shall be drunken with their own blood. And every nation which shall war against thee, O house of Israel, shall be turned one against another." They shall fall into the pit which they digged to ensnare the people of the Lord, and all that fight against Zion shall be destroyed, and that great whore who hath perverted the right ways of the Lord, yea, that great and abominable church, shall tumble to the dust, and great shall be the fall of it.
0: Nephi had also seen the age through which we are now passing, when there would be massive warfare among the wicked he saw that every nation that fights against Zion and the chosen people of the Lord would be destroyed. For behold,
1: saith the prophet, the time cometh speedily that Satan shall have no more power over the hearts of the children of men. For the day soon cometh that all the proud and they that do wickedly shall be as stubble. And the day cometh that they must be burned. For the time soon cometh that the fullness of the wrath of God shall be poured out upon all the children of men, for he will not suffer that the wicked shall destroy the righteous. Wherefore he will preserve the righteous by his power, even if it so be that the fullness of his wrath must come, and the righteous be preserved, even unto the destruction of their enemies by fire. Wherefore the righteous need not fear, For thus saith the prophet, They shall be saved, even if it so be as by fire.
0: Nephi had seen the wicked being destroyed by consuming fire. He saw the wrath of God pouring out upon the wicked who tried to destroy God's people. Nephi promised that the righteous need not fear, for God will save his people even if it has to be by fire.
1: Behold, my brethren, I say unto you that these things must shortly come. Yea, even blood and fire and vapor of smoke must come, and it must needs be upon the face of this earth. And it cometh unto men according to the flesh, if it so be that they will harden their hearts against the Holy One of Israel. For behold, the righteous shall not perish, For the time surely must come that all they who fight against Zion shall be cut
0: off. Now Nephi engages in his own brand of prophecy, based on what he knows will come to pass in the last days. He uses the words of Isaiah to prophesy that all who fight against Zion and God's people will be exterminated or cut off from the face of the earth. And the Lord will surely
1: prepare a way for his people unto the fulfilling of the words of Moses, which he spake, saying, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you like unto me. Him shall ye hear in all things whatsoever he shall say unto you. And it shall come to pass that all those who will not hear that prophet shall be cut off from among the people. And now I, Nephi, declare unto you that this prophet of whom Moses spake was the Holy One of Israel wherefore he shall execute judgment in righteousness. And the righteous need not fear, for they are those who shall not be confounded. But it is the kingdom of the devil which shall be built up among the children of men, which kingdom is established among them which are in the
0: flesh. Moses predicted that a great leader would be raised up to save all mankind. He would be the mighty one of Israel. His kingdom would never fail that it would be the kingdom of the devil that must tremble as it goes down to destruction.
1: For the time speedily shall come that all churches which are built up to get gain, and all those who are built up to get power over the flesh, and those who are built up to become popular in the eyes of the world, and those who seek the lusts of the flesh and the things of the world, and to do all manner of iniquity, Yea, in fine, all those who belong to the kingdom of the devil are they who need fear and tremble and quake. They are those who must be brought low in the dust. They are those who must be consumed as stubble, and this is according to the words of the prophet.
0: Nephi had seen that many churches would be built up to get gain and cultivate evil for the sake of popularity, but he saw that they would crumble and fall.
1: And the time cometh speedily that the righteous must be led up as calves of the stall, and the Holy One of Israel must reign in dominion and might and power and great glory. And he gathereth his children from the four quarters of the earth, and he numbereth his sheep, and they know him. And there shall be one fold and one shepherd, and he shall feed his sheep. And in him they shall find pasture. And because of the righteousness of his people, Satan has no power. Wherefore, he cannot be loosed for the space of many years. For he hath no power over the hearts of the people. For they dwell in righteousness, and the Holy One of Israel reigneth.
0: Nephi knew that once the wave of righteousness began sweeping over the earth, it would deprive Satan of his former power and Jesus would reign over the earth in righteousness.
1: And now behold, I, Nephi, say unto you that all these things must come according to the flesh. But behold, all nations, kindreds, tongues, and peoples shall dwell safely in the Holy One of Israel, if it so be that they will repent. Now I, Nephi, make an end. For I durst not speak further as yet concerning these things.
0: There are two times in Nephi's writings when he gets close to treading on prophecies that were reserved for John the Revelator. He suddenly feels as though he may be approaching the forbidden territory right now. Therefore he says, quote, I durst not speak further as yet concerning these things. Unquote. We get the feeling that he is bursting with anxiety to tell us more about what he knows, but he durst not at this time. Wherefore, my brethren, I would that ye should
1: consider that the things which have been written upon the plates of brass are true, and they testify that a man must be obedient to the commandments of God. Wherefore, ye need not suppose that I and my Father are the only ones that have testified and also taught them? Wherefore, if ye shall be obedient to the commandments and endure to the end, ye shall be saved at the last day. And thus it is. Amen.
0: Nephi closes this marvelous account with his testimony. He certifies that the writings in the plates of brass are true. And that all who are obedient to the commandments which they contain shall be saved. He closes with his benediction by saying, And thus it is. Amen. If you liked this podcast and would like access to other materials by W. Cleon Skousen, you can find them online at SkousenLibrary.com.